This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Onside Kick. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the Mark Weber. And you may be thinking to yourself, Ricky, things sound a little bit different than usual. Mark sounds a little bit different. That's because, just like I want to say it was a few weeks ago, Mark, we had you uh, calling in on the MVP hotline, and here you are again. Uh, I think a couple. I think a couple. It was, it's a busy time. It was when we had the Brock Osweller signing in Houston. That was the podcast. That was the podcast we had you calling in. But we got a jam-packed show today. Going to be talking about the 49ers yet again. Could they be in the mix to trade up to number one in the NFL draft? Going to be talking about the Broncos. Could they have a new quarterback at the helm of their team? And then we're going to be getting into the Patriots and whether or not they should trade back into the first round that Roger Goodell stole them out of. But Mark, we're going to start in San Fran. And right now it is said that the Titans are 50-50 whether or not they are going to trade or keep their first overall pick. However, Bleacher Report today, I believe, had a little snippet, a little latest buzz out there that the 49ers, two sources are saying that the 49ers could be one of the teams to go ahead and trade with the Titans for that number one overall pick. Well, not that the world is very high on Colin Kaepernick, but I'd say especially with the also, you know, discussion that he's going to be possibly um, going to Denver if they can get that money situation to work out. It kind of makes sense because if you're the 49ers, what do you have? you got Blaine Gabbert. And I know somebody dared to try and say that Blaine Gabbert's a good quarterback. Um but Blaine Gabbert's not a very good quarterback. He is a average backup. You know, he's not going to completely derail a team, but you're not feeling good if you're Chip Kelly and Blaine Gabbert's your quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, sure, I can see them possibly doing that, but here's the problem if you're San Francisco and you're going to go ahead and you're going to trade the farm, essentially, in order to have your pick of Goff or Wentz. One, neither one of these quarterbacks is Andrew Luck. They are not ready to come in and take the world by storm. I can be proven wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure I won't be. Uh, Number two, San Francisco is a team that needs pretty much everything. They're in as much of a rebuild as you really can be. And to then go and trade this year's first round, probably next year's first round, good chance the year after that's first round. You know, to do all of this and to lose out on that much talent, it really hurts your team. Uh, And I don't, like I said, it's not Andrew Luck out there. You know, this isn't the next Tom Brady, the next, um, we assume at least, the next Peyton Manning, the next Aaron Rodgers. So I don't think it's worth it. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to somehow trade and get Aaron Rodgers, then, yeah, this is fantastic. Go ahead and do it. But this is not a sure thing. It's just not worth all the talent, all the young top talent that you're going to miss out on 
to have your choice of one and two because you're going to get the other one anyway. Well, the whole thing is, and the whole kind of idea is, whoever trades with the Titans is exactly what you said. Whoever trades with the Titans is going to get that number one pick to draft a quarterback to jump in front of the Cleveland Browns. But here, I'm going to throw something out there. And this is, this isn't something that's been reported. This isn't something that sources are saying. I am throwing this out there as a, if we were on the fast break, Sean and Dave would call this 2K Ricky. I guess you can call this Madden Ricky for the sake of the NFL podcast. But, do we see a chance that the 49ers try to do a Kaepernick for Mariota and the first overall pick to where they try to finagle it to where, okay, we'll give you Colin Kaepernick and we get Marcus Mariota because we all know how much Chip Kelly wanted to throw the farm at the Titans last year just to get Marcus Mariota in the draft. I mean, would I do that? Would I do Mariota in the first round pick for like Kaepernick and some other people? No, not a chance because to me, Kaepernick isn't even worth like Kaepernick to me, isn't even worth the number one overall pick, let alone Mariota and the number one pick. And I mean, really the trade would have to be Kaepernick in the seventh for Mariota and well, Kaepernick, the seventh and more, for Mariota in the first alone, and I don't think the Niners have enough just to make that trade plausible. But to me, if I'm the Niners, that's the end game to get Marcus Mariota. Ricky, uh, unfortunately, we're on the phone right now. I wish you could see my face. Um, <laughs> to you even mentioning that trade. If anything, the San Francisco 49ers would have to give up their first-round pick this year and then some just to Marcus Mariota. Because... Marks Mariota was the second overall pick last mm-hmm. year. You don't get to have the second overall pick last year who did fine at quarterback and then also get the first overall pick. That's just impossible. I mean, you would have to trade your next, like, six years of first-round picks to make something like that happen. Exaggerating a little bit, but Chip Kelly would do. Chip Kelly would do it, though. He'd do I don't it. Doubt, I don't doubt that at some point Chip Kelly was on that phone call being like, by the way, humor me. What would it take to get Marcus Mariota? <laughs> and then the forty I mean then the, the Titans said you can't. He's not there. He's not available. Um it, yeah, it's just no, I mean that that idea I'm sure Chip Kelly would love it. I'm sure he's dreaming about it every night, but it's not gonna happen. Because Mariota is a quarterback that fits. This is another reason why I don't like this San Francisco trade for a quarterback. Because neither one of these quarterbacks fit what Chip Kelly does. It's going to be, I mean, yeah, he he tried to, to do more with pocket passing uh, in the NFL compared to what he did in college. But you would assume that Chip Kelly would like something that he's more comfortable with, that he's more familiar with. Mm-hmm. He's proven to not be that great with these pocket passers. It's, it hasn't worked out that well. Hasn't been awful. It hasn't been awful. It hasn't been terrible. I don't want to give that you know perception, but it hasn't been very good either. Uh, it's just been pretty average, minus that time where you know Nick Foles came in and 
prove that he is as good as Peyton Manning. Uh, besides that, it hasn't been anything that impressive. Now, I, I don't really – there's nothing else they could be trading up for besides quarterback because at seven you're still going to get quality talent. And with the 49ers having literally like every need, it's not – you know, it's just not something – that's worth doing besides the quarterback. The only team that could possibly throw a wrench in the 49ers' plan to draft a quarterback, and this is the only reason why they would possibly need to get one, mm-hmm. would be the Dallas Cowboys. Like he's, the Dallas Cowboys are the only team that are showing interest in quarterbacks and kind of sort of have a need, not now, but they have a need for a guy they can develop. And Jerry Jones really, is crazy enough to do anything. Yeah, and really that's what these two quarterbacks are. They're not plug-and-play. Mm-hmm. These are guys that really should have time to develop. So that's the only thing. At, what is it, number five that yep. they have? No, four. Uh, four. Four. So they've got the fourth overall pick. That's the only team that could throw a wrench in that plan. But I have to think that someone out there is going to stop Jerry Jones and say, please, don't draft the quarterback right now. We still have plenty of years left in Tony Romo. Let's use this first, you know, let's use the best pick we've had in a long time, the fourth overall. Mm-hmm. Let's use it on something uh, that's going to really help the team now. So we want to win a Super Bowl now. It's been a long time since we've won a Super Bowl. Yeah, and I mean, I want to get back to, the because the Cowboys to me, that's one of those things where Jerry Jones is crazy enough to do it, but will they do it? Probably not, because I'm assuming somebody in that kind of war room or in that front office is going to say, hey, don't be stupid. But back to the Niners, what you were saying about Chip Kelly, about the quarterback of just you haven't had success with these pocket passers, why not go with a guy that can be more mobile? The only way you make this trade for the first overall pick is if you feel that, hey, you know what? This golf guy, he may be, he may have gone against some more superior competition to Carson Wentz, but he fits the style that I can work with better. He's a more athletic quarterback who, to me, after watching his film, I kind of see him as kind of what Big Ben could be. That kind of, like, he's not just a guy who is going to stay there in the pocket, read the, read the field, make the pass. He's a guy that is either going to use his legs to extend the play, to throw downfield, or he could be a guy that could use his legs to run with the football, and he's not going to run in the same kind of sense as a Kaepernick or a Russell Wilson or even way, way back, and I'm dating myself by saying this, like a Michael Vick. He's a guy, once that is, is more of a Big Ben type of runner with that kind of bigger body using it to get a little bit more yardage and if you think, if you're Chip Kelly, if you're sitting there thinking, you know what, Wentz is more of the mobile guy to me than Goff, I can work better with him, that's when you go ahead and make this trade. Yeah, it's, 
I don't know. I, I don't see the value in this trade, especially for how much you got to give up. I mean, we got to always remember, I think it was just maybe two weeks ago or last week that we were talking about the second pick, you know, somebody uh-huh. trading with the Browns. Uh, and we talked about, remember, what happened the last time we had the second pick go with uh, the RG3 trade and how much needed to be traded for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And the Titans aren't dumb. They haven't forgotten what was you know, what was given up then. They're going to ask for that, if not more. I mean, you think they're asking for more. They should ask for more. But they're going to at least get the Rams, uh, you know, Redskins deal. They're not going to give up anything less than that. And for a team that's rebuilding, it just doesn't make sense. You think about some of the other teams that might happen. The reason I really do mention the, the Cowboys, though, you know, because some people are saying, well, they're four, so maybe they want that guy, and they're going to trade above the, the Browns, too. Because they're a team that actually is good enough to where they could, I know they you know, are fourth overall, but good enough where they can afford to lose out on a couple of the top talent in some draft. Well, and this is pl- a team that was just almost going to the Super Bowl. Well, and plus the one thing you got to look at if you're – Dallas or a Titan fan of, hey, what can Dallas kind of give to me? What's the one thing that besides Jalen Ramsey, what's the one position everyone's talking about the Titans drafting at number one overall? Offensive Offensive line line. help. And who's got one of the better offensive lines in the league? And that's the Dallas Cowboys. It's one of the reasons why we're saying, DeMarco Murray had so much success with this team. Maybe that's the deal where it's like, hey, give us a couple of your offensive linemen. We'll give you the first overall pick in the draft. That could be something that moving forward is like, maybe that's the main thing of it of like, okay, we need something that's going to help us because it was like, I'm looking at an article from early March, early to mid March from, ProFootballTalk.com, and the headline was simple. Titans GM wants King's Ransom for first overall pick. These guys aren't just going to give it away. It's exactly like you said, Mark. They know what the Rams got for the second overall pick when RG3 and Andrew Luck was coming out. So they're going to want a lot. They're going to want a ton of players for the number one. Exactly. And, you know, there's there's various articles out there talking about what teams could possibly trade. All of them, I think, are way undervaluing undervaluing what the first overall pick in a draft is worth. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't even really need to to pull out the chart. My favorite chart in the world that, you know, gives point values to everything unless you really see what people are evaluating these picks for. All you gotta do is look at that Rams forty or that Rams Redskins trade. Look at that, and you know the only teams really. Because remember, we're at the very we're at the very top of the draft. There's nothing but bad teams up here. So you look at some of those teams that are available. It's gonna be too much for the for the Rams to go from fifteen to one. Too much for the Eagles really to go from eight to one. I still think it's too much for the Forty ers to go from seven to one. You gotta look at teams. If anyone could possibly do anything, you have to look at teams that can afford to miss out on two, possibly even three years of top young talent. The only teams that can possibly pull that off 
are the Cowboys, and I hate to say this next one. I absolutely hate to say it, but they could afford to miss out on some young talent because of their situation. That's number 11, the Chicago Bears. Really? They could afford to do it, too. The only reason I say that is because the team knows they're in a rebuild. And the quarterback, you know after a couple of years you're going to lose Jay. You know Jay Cutler's not your quarterback in a couple of years, so you're going to be rebuilding. Do I think it's a smart move? Do I think it's even on Ryan Cason's mind? No. Mm-hmm. Don't either one of those things. But it's a team that's in a position to where they can do it. If you have the 49ers, they're just going to expand their rebuild. At least like a team with the Bears, they're saying, hey, we're in a rebuild, but we're going to probably be in another rebuild in like two years when we lose our quarterback. I'm going to be... At least, at least in the Cowboys situation, they're saying, hey, you know, we have enough talent right now that I guess we can afford to lose out on some of these young, younger guys because we want to make sure that we can keep this going later on, that we can just switch, you know, from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. We can just switch from Tony Romo to Carson Wentz, you know, whatever it might be. Well, and I mean, it would be, to me, it would be more iconic to have Goff as your backup if you're going to make the... Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers kind of comparison because Aaron Rodgers is a Cal alum himself. But I like to me, what I was going to say when I was cutting you off a little bit was I feel like in a couple weeks as we get closer and closer to draft night, draft day, whatever you want to call it, I feel like this conversation is going to be moot because I feel like when we get to the first round of the draft that night, um, that Thursday night, the Titans are going to make this pick. They are going to be the yeah. ones in control of this pick. They're going to make it. It's most likely going to be Jalen Ramsey or Laramie Tunsil. I like me personally, I lean towards Ramsey, but it's going to be one of those two guys. The Titans make the pick. NFL.com can have uh, rankings that show the Niners at number one, the Browns at number two, Rams and Eagles at four and five and your Cowboys at three. But I feel like I just feel like in the end, the Titans are going to end up making this pick because nobody's going to pull the trigger on it. Yeah, it's too hard to do. I mean, we we see it with the with everything that I hate to keep going back to it, but everything that the Redskins gave up mm-hmm. and where that team is now, it just goes to show you that if it doesn't work out, you are not going to be in a good situation. You are not in a good position, and you know. I'm actually surprised when I mentioned the Bears, you didn't bring up the Jay Cutler trade. You know, I I wasn't gonna. Multiple, I wasn't gonna bring up the trade. Picks I was because it just goes to show you what missing out on a few years because the Chicago Bears they missed out on a few years of that top young talent. Yeah, and then they also missed out. You know, they swung and they missed on so much mid round talent, so the team just fell apart. Well, I mean, so Phil you, Phil you Emery wasn't the best either. Well, yeah, Phil Emery wasn't the best, but Kerry Angelo is the reason why I keep going. Yeah. Um, the GM before the GM, who's the GM before we have now. He also uh, made the trade. He made the trade that sent Greg Olson to the Panthers, right? Correct. Yeah, and he's also he's the guy that um, that obviously traded for Jay Cutler. Yeah. You know, it just goes to show you, when you make a big trade like that, whether it's RG3, the second overall pick, whether it's a, you know, a big-name quarterback like Jay Cutler, when you make one of these trades, you have to hit 
on like, it adds so much pressure to the GM and the scout because they have to hit on every single pick because they're limited. If you limit your team to six or five picks in the draft, you cannot afford to miss on a single one of those guys because if you do, you just set yourself back a year. You set yourself back two years because you don't have the same level of new talent that all the other teams have. And that's what's going to make you come back into the draft the next year, the year after that, a few years down the line, and be at the very top picking another young talent or young quarterback again. Well, and the one thing that I think of is you mentioned the Jay Cutler trade. We could have that kind of trade going on again as it has been – the deal's kind of a little murky, Mark, where the Broncos and 49ers have agreed on a deal that would send Kaepernick from the Niners to the Broncos. However, as Johnny Manziel would put it, and I'm doing the uh, Money Manziel sign, as you guys can't see that because we're recording a podcast, but it's, it's all about the money. Well, how's the money going to work out? And we're not even going to talk about the trade. Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? We're going to jump the gun and go straight to the hard-nosed question, Mark. Who should be the starter for the Denver Broncos this upcoming season? Mark Fumble and Sanchez or Colin Flex and Kaepernick? Yeah, I do want to really quickly say, you know, I'm actually on Colin Kaepernick's side on this one. The man doesn't need to take a pay cut. I know he's not going to probably play if he doesn't, but, you know, he earned that money. He, he got overpaid, but he still earned money. Joe Flacco no, doesn't and, need to take a pay cut, and he's not going to yeah. any Super Bowls anytime soon. Exactly. The man earned it. It's not his fault that the 49ers made a dumb decision. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest paycheck he's ever going to get. He should cash out. Now, with that being said, to answer the question, it's a tough question. And you kind of, you know, Ricky kind of shows his bias a little bit uh, in the way he asks the question. <laughs> I, I look at it this way. You have a man who, at one point in time, led his team to multiple conference championship games. Then on the other side, you have a man who, at one point in time, led his team to multiple conference championship games. So their success has been pretty equal. Of course, Colin Kaepernick did actually make it to a Super Bowl. Mark Sanchez did not. Colin Kaepernick has also done a little bit more on his own than Mark Sanchez has. Mark Sanchez, when he was successful, it was because of great defense and a great run team. You know that not that there was not a good defense in you know in San Francisco. Obviously, it was a great defense in San Francisco for a long time. But Colin Kaepernick had to kind of be the offense. I look at that and I think, okay, what are the Denver Broncos? They're a team that has a great run game, and they're a team that has a great defense. So which one of these two quarterbacks had that before? Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez was successful in this type of team, and then things fell apart. The team fell apart, not just him. This isn't the situation that Colin Kaepernick was successful. Not that he couldn't be successful in it. But I just kind of have to go back to the, what do I know? I know that Mark Sanchez did well with this type of team. That's why I'm more inclined to put him in the front. It's still a quarterback battle, no matter what. Whoever wins, wins. 
I'm that's why I'm going to put my money on Mark Sanchez, not Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, I right now it's hard because I know in the comment section we have had already probably someone make the comment of you guys are fucking idiots. Colin Kaepernick's not even on the team yet. He's not even on the team at all. What are you guys talking about this for? But I. I feel like if I had to pick between the two, I'd have to go with Colin Kaepernick. And the reason being is Mark Sanchez is done to me. He is done being a starter in the NFL. And I don't care what anyone else says. Like, oh, Ricky, you didn't have uh, that bad of a career when he was in Philadelphia. Oh, he actually looked good. I, I don't think that. Mark Sanchez has it in him to be a quality starter in the NFL anymore. And I mean, Colin Kaepernick, do I have a ton of, uh, so what I'm looking for, a ton of confidence in Kaepernick either? Not really, but I feel, I feel like Gary Kubiak might be able to work with Kaepernick better than Mark Sanchez. That's what I, I don't feel know, I, like. I don't know why you would come to that conclusion because Gary Kubiak doesn't work with mobile quarterbacks. He works with guys who just kind of game manage and, and you know, stay around in the pocket. Well, not everyone can be paid manning. Not, um, not everyone can say, hey, coach, it's okay. You, you don't have to worry. I, I can do your job for you. I'll, I'll get you a ring, and then even, I'll leave. Even, you know, even Matt Schaub. <laughs> is another one of those guys who just kind of was there. He let the rest of the guys do the work, mm-hmm. and he just kind of chilled. You know, he didn't do too much. Um, so, so I don't know. It, the thing about the advantage to having you know a guy like Colin Kaepernick, obviously the ceiling is higher with Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. There's more potential for more success, and and the things that he can do athletically, he's going to beat Mark Sanchez on those things. Um, but bouncing back from our expansion is going to be a lot easier than bouncing back for Colin Kaepernick, who just had terrible season and got benched for Blaine Gabbert. What happened to Mark Sanchez? He wasn't the starter. He was a backup. He came up, and he got his opportunity and did fairly well. And now has earned himself, you know, a chance to really compete for the starting job. Mm-hmm. So he's on the up. Colin Kaepernick's on the decline is what you just see from last year. So, you know, it, I mean, that's that type of thing is interesting to me. It's still interesting to me that when you think about the psyche of the player, Colin Kaepernick is still in an embattled situation. You know, he's still coming in. I mean, he's going to come into this organization and onto this team after giving them hell over this trade. You know, it's just, to me, it just is not a good way For a guy who's already had trouble with the organization that he's with now, it's not the way you want to start with a new organization already giving them trouble. Yeah, I just, to me, and here's the big thing. Here's a huge red flag. Like, there's red flags with both these players. Let's be honest. There's no easy answer to this question. Because with Mark Sanchez, I look at it and... Has he had, except for last season where he only played four games because he was a backup, has he had over 2,000 passing yards in a season? Yes. However, the thing I do not like about Mark Sanchez's stat lines 
is his interception numbers. 12, 12 touchdowns to 20 INTs, 17 to 13, 26 to 18, which was his best year, 13 to 18 and 14 to 11 before 4 and 4 of last year. However, Colin Kaepernick on the other side only played nine games last year. Like you said, Mark, he is that dual threat, so maybe he's not going to work that well with Kubiak. But to me, I just think that out of the upside of these two players, Kaepernick is more of the athletic of the two. And with me, I would go with that. And plus, when Kaepernick's been good, like I look at 2013, 21 touchdowns to eight interceptions. The thing that's going to be Mark Sanchez Achilles heel if he gets this if he wins the starting job in Denver is his turnover numbers. And I know what you may say, but Ricky, it won't matter because his defense that he'll now have in Denver will cancel it out. I don't know if that's really going to matter because I mean if you turn the ball over, you're giving offenses more chances with the ball, and the more your defense is on the field, they are going to be tired. And if this Broncos defense is on the field so much, are they going to continue to play at that level that we saw all of last season, especially in the Super Bowl? Well, it worked for Peyton Manning. I don't see why it wouldn't work for Mark Sanchez. Peyton Manning threw the most interceptions he's ever thrown. Peyton Manning was just playing bad last year, and it worked out just fine. They won a Super Bowl. You know, obviously, Brock Osweiler came in for a little bit, but he mm-hmm. wasn't amazing. Um, yeah, obviously, Mark Sanchez needs to work on the interception. But I think the team just overall being better and the run game existing now is going to help him out. Um, you know, I, I definitely think there's an upside to Colin Kaepernick, but I think we have to remember, too, Neither one of these guys are going to be John Elway's guy. Mm-hmm. And neither one of these guys are anything more than a stopgap for when they find the real quarterback that they're going to find in like probably a year or two. You know, these are both just guys who are filling in for now. So I don't know how much the upside matters to John Elway right now. Well, and I mean, here's the one thing I want to say, and this is kind of c- to combat your, well, it worked out for Peyton Manning. If I, I'm looking through the games that he played, and if I just went straight down the list really quick, game number one, zero touchdowns, one interception, team only won 19-13 against Baltimore. Um, three to one, big win over the Chiefs. Two to one, a big win over the um, Detroit Lions. One touchdown to two INTs in that game where they should have lost to my Vikings but pulled out a three a three-point win, zero touchdowns, two INTs in a six-point win over um, Oakland in the overtime win to Cleveland, one to three touchdown INT. He had zero to four in the loss against KC. But then when you look at his playoff performances, how many interceptions did he have throughout the entire playoffs? One. One interception. And to me, I mean... That's where you can say, but Ricky, they were playing their hottest football at that time. This defense isn't going to look like they did in the postseason if Mark Sanchez is giving the ball away. 
And the way I see it is like you said, when you were like, um, this is the kind of stopgap holder. This is like Tim Tebow, except John Elway doesn't hate Mark Sanchez. Yeah. He uh, kind of reluctantly allowed Tim Tebow to keep playing because Tim yeah. Tebow wouldn't mess it up enough. He didn't like Tim Tebow. And then uh, John Elway was on the side of many Bears fans, Mark, when uh, you guys were like, why did Marion the Barbarian run out of bounds? Why did he run out of bounds? Or he just lose games, Tim. Or holy shit, he just beat the Steelers in the playoffs. Does anything not good happen to this guy? I mean, that's the way I see this. This is the Tim Tebow kind of just placeholder to are we gonna get a good quarterback now post Peyton Manning? And this really to me begs to ask the question and we're not going to see the answer until a few years to me. Was Peyton Manning worth it? Because this is what you get. Yeah, you got a Super Bowl, but Peyton Manning only played, what was it, three or four years in Denver? Now he's gone. Mm. And in the process, you pissed off the one quarterback you drafted to be his successor. It would be like if Brett Favre played out through um, Aaron Rodgers' contract, and A-Rod said, fuck you guys, I'm going home. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I mean, I definitely think it's worth it. And because any time a Super Bowl is going to be worth it, the amount of revenue that brings in, the amount mm-hmm. of, you know, fame that brings the coaches, the players, the team in general, it's always going to be worth it, even if you just get one. Um, you know, I... To bring it back to, of course, the home love team, the Chicago Bears, we talk about how amazing the 85 Bears was. We rarely ever talk about how things just fell apart completely mm-hmm. afterwards. Um, you know, because we don't, we don't worry about that. We just worry about the fact that the team won a Super Bowl. That's how most teams are. You know, they just care about the fact that they won that one. That's really what matters. Because there's still, Ricky, you know, you know this. You know this better than most. There's still teams out there that can't even manage to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... You know, you, it's definitely worth it. And to have Peyton Manning there to break all kinds of records while on your team, wearing your jerseys. I mean, how many Peyton Manning Broncos jerseys were sold over his span on the team? It's Probably huge, a lot. Obviously. Yeah. It's I don't have the so, exact numbers in front of me, Mark. I wish I did. You should look it up. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's huge. It's definitely worth it. His time there was worth it. Did it kind of mess things up with Brock Osweiler? Possibly, but I still am not convinced that that's the worst thing in the world. Um, but also, with Brock Osweiler, if they drafted him and they didn't have Peyton Manning come around to help the team out for a while, he's probably going to be actually starting a lot earlier and not having the opportunity to kind of sit, develop his game, learn from just watching Peyton Manning. He's going to have to go in at the beginning, and it's not going to end well in that case. And actually, we're going to move on to, I actually, before we move on, I found an article, the only thing I could find on Peyton Manning jerseys that were not Amazon and lids trying to sell me Peyton Manning jerseys is that um, the 2014 season, Peyton Manning had the top selling jersey in five states. Those five states, Idaho, 
um, Colorado, Utah, Nebraska, and I think Wyoming. Is that Wyoming? I think it's Wyoming. So, yeah, he was popular in the West Coast. But he sold, like you said, he sold a lot of jerseys for Denver, and that alone, it's all about money in this business. It's all about the money when you get down to it. But we're going to move on to our final topic, and I'm going to throw out a situation for you. And this is Madden Ricky coming back to life. What's the chance, Mark, that the New England Patriots not just trade back into the first round to try to get Robert Candici, but they trade with either the Cardinals or the Broncos to send Jimmy Garoppolo there for that pick? I would say zero. Um, yeah, I, the, the Patriots don't, they don't do that. They don't trade up. They trade down. That's their business. Yeah, they would love to have a first-round pick because um, they're going to be waiting a long time before they get to make a pick in this draft. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine them trading up into the first round again. Uh, yeah, Robert can beat you. He's a very good talent. He's going to fall, but I don't think he's going to fall all the way down to you know the very end of the draft. Someone There's been enough time where people are going to get over his issues and someone's going to take him in, you know, the 20 range. Mm-hmm. They're going to say it's been enough. Could someone possibly trade, you know, from the, you know, further back 20 to get to the very beginning? Sure. Maybe someone wants to go and grab him that way. But I can't imagine that the that the Patriots trade all the way from the back of the second round into the first round just to get him. It's, they already don't have enough picks. Mm -hmm. It's just not something that's smart or logical for them. Well, the way I see it is with Kemdichi, first off, he's either going to be like, and I still don't know where to peg him. Is he Shane Ray or Randy Gregory? And when I say that, Shane Ray went in the late first round to the Denver Broncos. Broncos did what you just talked about. They traded up to, I want to say, the 20s to get him. Whereas Randy Gregory fell to day number two and he went to the Dallas Cowboys and, and it was 23 where Shane Ray got drafted, but that's where the Broncos traded up for him. Which one is Kemdichi going to be? And with the Patriots, the, my first thought was, okay, the Patriots don't trade up. However, is this the year they break the mold? And this ESPN article that we're using for this topic, does it really come to light? Because of Deflategate, they don't have that first overall pick. Here's how I map it out. The only teams they're going to be able to trade with, the Cardinals, the Panthers, and the Broncos. Two of those teams, guess what they're going to be asking for? Hey, how about that backup? How about that backup you ain't using? Huh? Huh? I mean, the Cardinals are going to be, hey, Carson Palmer's getting older. How about that Garoppolo kid? The Broncos are going to be like, hey, we got Mark Sanchez. Not that good. How's that Garoppolo kid? The Panthers are the wild card. They could ask for something else. But not only do the Patriots got to figure, would have to figure out who are we going to trade with, 
But also, my second thought was, who are they going to trade? Because if we yeah. look at the trade that they just made for the Black Unicorn in um, in Bennett, they didn't trade players. They traded picks. They didn't give the Bears any players. They gave the Bears picks. So I, I don't see the Patriots trading up because they're not going to give away their assets like a Jimmy Garoppolo. And they're not going to give away picks that, like you said, they don't have enough to give away. Mm-hmm. I, I think the worst thing, unfortunately, for, well, fortunately and unfortunately for the, the New England Patriots is Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get a chance to start. You know, yeah, they're happy that Tom Brady wasn't suspended. But at the same time, you got to be a little unhappy that you didn't get the opportunity to showcase your trade bait. Because if you got to let Jimmy Garoppolo start two, three games, without a doubt, assuming he didn't mess it up completely, teams like the Broncos, the L.A. Rams, the 49ers, these are teams that are making phone calls trying to get this guy because at least they saw him play. Even if he didn't do perfect, they saw him play, they know what they have to work with, they know what they can fix. There's no game tape of any worth on this player right now. You gotta look to the preseason. You can't make good judgments on the preseason on a guy who you want to come in and be the face of your franchise. So if you can if you can stash him behind Carson Palmer, that's pretty good. That's not a bad deal at all. But if you gotta be Denver and you're saying, hey, you're just gonna join the three-headed quarterback battle of, you know, Colin Kaepernick, Mark Sanchez, and now you, I don't think that's a good thing. Well, let's be That's honest. Not if, work out. if the Broncos made a trade with the Patriots for Jimmy Garoppolo, that trade, and I use air quotes because nothing's finalized yet because of the money, if they make a deal with the Patriots, Kaepernick is never going to hit Denver soil unless mm-hmm. the 49ers are playing in Denver. But, yeah, I mean, to me, the only one that I... The only one I could see making a big push for Garoppolo would be the Cardinals because I don't think Denver wants to trade away um, their first-round pick. And the Panthers are sitting there like, I know they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they're sitting there going, okay, the one main thing we could use is wide receivers that don't drop the ball in the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady doesn't have any wide receivers except for Julian Edelman and his gang of white guys. Yeah. Um, there's, there's just not, like, I don't know. There's no way I can see it happening for the first round. Uh, this isn't that much further back, but if they could possibly trade with another team that, you know, we talked about earlier that wants a quarterback, even though they don't need one, if they could pull something off with the Cowboys, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because then you're not far from the first round. But the problem with that, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm pretty sure this is the last year of his contract, right? He's been in the NFL for a little while now. So anywhere he goes, it's got to be a spot where he's going to start. Because otherwise you're just going to have a backup for like a year, maybe two, depending on how much is left in his contract. Um, you're just going to have this backup for a very short amount of time, and then he's going to leave. Because no matter what, he's going to leave New England. There's no doubt about that. He's not going to stay and back up Tom Brady again 
while Tom Brady plays until he's 80. He wants to go somewhere. He wants to start. He's upset that he didn't get the opportunity to start because Tom Brady had to get his suspension taken away and come back and actually start and win games. So he's not very thrilled about that, even though he should be. Uh, But, yeah, he's going to go and he's going to play somewhere. Garoppolo becomes a free agent in 2018. So two more seasons with the Patriots. Okay, so he's got a little bit more time. So I guess that backup role is not too bad. But still, it's only going to be two years before he's going looking for that starting job. And I mean, looking at his salary, he's not getting paid that much. He's He got paid, what, five five hundred seventy eight thousand last year he's going to get six hundred and eighty six thousand this year and in 2017 eight hundred and twenty point zero seven seven thousand so not that like his cap hit hits a 1.1 million in his last year but that's because of like signing bonus and his workout bonus but yeah i mean the thing is the patriots what do they have to trade with and to me, the only thing that people are going to look at and the only thing that people are going to have any kind of like, okay, we could we could trade that for him is Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, yeah, they've got pieces on the defense, but why would you trade away unless they're going to say, hey, we could move a Dominique Easley who we drafted. I want to say it was 2014. They drafted him first in the first round. Yeah, let's move him. He's had flashes. However, he can't stay healthy. So we're going to try to move him to a team like Carolina so that we can replace him with Robert Camdiche. But you're not going to get a player like that for a first-round pick. I mean, you got to look at, you know, they have a real piece that they're going to use in Bennett, and that was like a fourth round. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you don't get a guy who has injury issues for a first-round pick. That's just not going to happen. Um, so I, I do think there is value, though, to for the 40, or not 49ers, for the Patriots to think, hey, when is Tom Brady going to retire? Mm-hmm. And is it before we lose Jimmy Garoppolo? Because if it is, you know, if he's going to play three more years where you're only going to get two more on Jimmy Garoppolo, I think you do have to say, hey, we got to trade this guy at some point. Because we're not going to get anything out of him when he walks away. We're going to just be looking for a new backup. So why don't we look for that backup now and get rid of this guy and get like a second or a third round pick out of him. Mm-hmm. Get something. Because, like I said, once he walks away, you got nothing. Well, they've got a year before they can even start to think about that or force Tom Brady out the door, much like the pa- the Packers, I almost said Patriots, the Packers did to Brett Favre when Aaron Rodgers is in town, but that ain't going to happen. Before we wrap this one up, Mark, is there any last things that we missed in this podcast? Um, I'm excited to watch Thursday Night Football on Twitter. Yes, I heard about that today. We're going to watch it's on Twitter. I I'm just I'm saying it right now. I don't like I just imagine Twitter just crashing. However, you want to hear the funny thing about that? Sure. You cannot watch it on Twitter via your phone. The reason why is Verizon owns the rights for um the, the cellular yeah, the mobile part of it. Yeah. 
I just I think about like think of a show like Game of Thrones for example. Mm-hmm. When Game of Thrones has a big episode like coming up, um, you know, obviously they're paying us to so give this plug for them on the twenty fourth. <laughs> uh, I expect my HBO check now. Uh, well, we get free you know, HBO Go. I, I, I wish. <laughs> when they have this, HBO Go is going to crash because mm-hmm. HBO crashes every time there's a premiere or a finale. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like something that you have to pay for. You don't have to pay for Twitter. Twitter's free. Yeah, There's a lot more football. I would argue, you can argue differently if you want, but I would argue that there is a lot more football fans than there are Game of Thrones fans. But how many people are watching Thursday Night Football? But it's on Twitter. It's the first time you get the chance. I think that like that first game, that first game will crash, and then go for it. that first game will crash, and then everyone else will be like, "Eh, it's Thursday Night Football. These matchups suck." And it'll be suck. like the Jaguars versus the Titans. Yep. And the color there. rush. Yeah. The, the Christmas color rush that made colorblind people uh, be like, I can't tell who's on what team Bills Jets. Yeah, it'll be interesting, that's for sure. But that's going to do it for the onside kick this weekend. I want to thank you guys, or this week, not this weekend. I want to thank you guys for checking us out, giving us a listen. If you're on SoundCloud, hit that heart button and that repost button. Also, follow us on SoundCloud because you get all of our full-length podcasts up to date, notifying you when we post them, exactly when I hit that button to post them to our SoundCloud page. If you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Like I said during the primetime podcast, as we recorded it earlier tonight, we're aiming for a 1,000. I'm not even going to say what number we're at because that's probably going to change by the time you're hearing these words come out of my mouth. So if you're listening on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Please help us get to a thousand subscribers. We really appreciate the love and support we get from each and every subscriber. Go ahead, hit that like button, that subscribe button I already told you about. Go ahead, follow us on social media. Mark is at the with two E's, Mark Weber. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Then you can follow Sean Anderson, our social media guy for most valuable podcast at most valuable pod. Thank you guys once again for checking us out. And as always, Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.